HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is made possible thanks to listeners like you. Want to support independent food radio? Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate today. This is Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues on Heritage Radio Network. I've been a part of the HRN community for nine years. Nine years. Each week I record my show in the HRN studio made from two recycled shipping containers because I'm excited to bring you, our listeners, the most important stories from the world of food. Well, not really food, more like, you know, whatever Nastas and I happen to be doing at that moment, uh, you know, technical issues. All of us here at HRN make food radio because we love it. This year, HRN is celebrating its 10th anniversary, but we need your support to keep food radio going strong for the next decade. Join the HRN community today by becoming a member. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate right now. You can even show some love for my show by selecting cooking issues in the designation drop-down menu. And if you hate me but love Nastasia, still do that. Select cooking issues in the designation drop-down menu. Thanks for listening to HRN. Hello, welcome to Cooking Issues. Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues. Uh, we had to re-record uh, the intro. The original recording was lost. Um, but we want to start this week's show by talking about a longtime supporter of Cooking Issues, listener, caller, uh, and supporter of Booker and Dax. He, you know, had the products, been, you know, talking to us for years, was a, um, a really, you know, loved member of the Cooking Issues community took his own life last week and we just want to take a moment and um, talk about it and you know uh, he wasn't actually in the hospitality industry but you know it's also a huge suicide's a huge problem in the hospitality industry we just want to take a minute anyone that can hear us you know please if you feel hopeless you don't know where to go or you don't think there's you know any way that you can get help or that someone can help you um, there is and if you're thinking of taking your own life, there is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Remember, there's help out there. And even if you don't think that you're worth saving, other people do. Please, please take, please take that last little bit of, of effort and call and get some, some help. Don't hide the fact that you need help. Don't think it's silly that you need to go get help. Please, please do. So we do not have Matt in the booth today. We have, uh, because he's getting married. Oh, right. right. Yeah, he's getting married. 
And for some reason, he believed that uh, getting married was more important than coming in and engineering our show. You know how I feel about that. Well, what? Our show is way more important than marriage. <laughs> well, more important than his marriage to you. Yeah. 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 You're like, but if, like, yeah. you know, if, like, Paul McCartney was going to be somewhere you would cancel, like, all the rest <laughs> no. of the shows, like, forever. Oh, we should say the boondoggler. Oh, what? Well... Rebecca the Boondoggler. Yes. Palkovic's what? Is engaged. Oh, did we already say that? No. So we'll have a post-engagement Boondoggler on here. I don't know if she's planned her wedding yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll, be a real we'll rip her up sure. up one side and down the other. Uh, so in the booth, to, uh, <laughs> call in your questions to 718-497-2128. That's 718-497-2128. So uh, in the booth today, we have Max. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? All right. This is your first. This is your first time. It is. So uh, tell us, uh, because this is how we do this. Tell us a little bit of, about yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm crazy for craft beer, and I love Hole. Oh, we got a caller. Wait, Hole the band? To yeah, Hole the band. Got, yeah, yeah. Oh, the holes in general. Oh, uh, caller, you're on the air. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I'm. Am I? Am I on the air? Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Great. Great. Hey, Dave. And uh, this is the Crystal Chili guy. Oh, hey, what's I'm up? Calling about some, uh, I'm calling about uh, making stuff that people actually want to eat. That sounds like a better thing. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, wedding, speaking of, batch cocktails. Right. We want to make some cocktails the day before. We got a book about batch cocktails out from the library. Almost every recipe had uh, lemon juice or lime juice that said, you know, oh, add that two hours before and not earlier. Um, so what are some good cocktails that are still uh, sort of maybe pretty? We're thinking like one sort of lemonade one, another sort of whiskey peach-based one. Um, are there any techniques that we could use to make fruit juice used cocktail, using cocktails? Is it who, when you say before? we, is it you and your wife are making them? Uh, me and my husband. You and your husband. Okay. So are you... But they're for your wedding. Yes. Okay. Here, I think... How long do you have? Uh, four weeks. Okay, I'll you have time. Out. The good news is... I know you don't have time because you're planning, but you do have time. So, yeah. uh, first mistake people make in life in in is trying to trying to force a particular... I say in life, in cooking, especially catering cooking, is trying to force a recipe into the scenario instead of choosing the recipe for the scenario. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Right. So there are many recipes that don't require the, the, the juice, lemon or lime, to be uh, fresh, but they're not necessarily the, you know, the normal things you'd think of. So right off the top of the bat, so we're talking about a, a summer wedding. Where do you live? How freaking hot is it? Vancouver. Not super hot. All right, right. So, indoors. so, okay, so you don't have to worry too much, but there are recipes that are built on the all of the ingredients being aged. So old school punches, for instance. Not that you want to do an old school punch, but old school punches that are made primarily with peel and oleosaccharum, these things last a long time. They're also... And uh, are, like, how are these being served? Do you have some sort of cater waiters who are going to be pouring this out? Uh, yeah, we got a bar at the venue, and we'll have some servers there. Okay, so this is no offense to all of the cater waiters out there, but I have seen the vast majority of cater waiters, and again, I'm not trying to insult the whole category, but 
that I have met, uh, they're just doing this to make a couple of bucks before they do whatever they're going to do with their life. And the translation of that is they do not care about your cocktail. So if you say to them something like, please make sure these bottles are on ice at least four hours beforehand, and then please don't pour them over uh, ice, what they will do is not chill the bottles at all and then pour them over the world's crappiest ice with a lot of water in the bottom of the glass. I'm telling you this from bitter experience, okay? Right. So uh, you have to, like, the good thing about punch recipes, uh, many of them, I should say, is that they are relatively bulletproofed against wide variance in dilution and temperature, and they're built to be aged, right? So right away, you're, you're kind of winning there. You might want to jack the alcohol a little bit because, you know, you know, if people know it's punch, they know they're about to get like 80, you know, 30, 40 cups of this stuff, fine, and the cups are small, but you get what I'm saying. Like, modern cocktail people want uh, alcohol level that's a, a little bit higher. The second thing you can do is you can use cordials. Now, cordials, I've been saying for many years, uh, people need to get wrap their heads around cordials again. Uh, now, cordials don't taste like fresh uh, juice, but think about this. Do you really... Here's where you need uh, like, like cloudy, unclarified, fresh juice is for shaken cocktails, right? You're not pouring... You know, you, I'm not, I should say. I don't know you. I mean, I... I spoken to you but I don't, you know, I don't know oh how God. you feel about cocktails but my point is is that is that like I'm only using unclarified fresh juice really in shaken cocktails uh, and okay. you, you do not want a cater waiter shaking your cocktail right now a clarified juice yeah it's only going to last uh, you know a day before it starts going off but run a test so if you want to clarify some juice run a test and see how long it lasts before you don't you don't like it anymore maybe you can do it do it beforehand but really, cordials are bulletproof. Now, they don't taste like fresh juice because they're not supposed to taste like fresh juice. And they've gotten a bad name because Rose's uh, lime is not a, a, you know, a, no offense, Rose, but like, you know, her lime juice isn't the best. You know what I mean? It like, when I say right. it's not the best, it's bad. But you can make like uh, lemon cordials, you can, make, um, you can make lime cordials. As an alternative, if you acid, if you must use a fresh juice and you're going to shake something, acid-adjusted orange juice lasts a lot longer than lemon or lime juice does before it goes bad. So you know, okay. yeah, you get like a couple of days out of acid-adjusted orange juice. It's a different flavor, but it's something you can use in lieu of uh, in lieu of the fresh lemon or lime, and it won't get a detergent off taste, which is kind of the way I characterize old lemon or lime juice. Any of this making sense? Yes. So you have four weeks. So what I'm expecting is that, you know, if you have any more questions, welcome to call back, is that in, I don't know whether you're going on a honeymoon, but in six weeks, I want to hear how the cocktail went. I want you to call back, and I want you to tell me how the cocktail went. Will do. All right. And uh, congratulations on the, the wedding. I'm sure it's going to be great. Thank you. All right. Cool. Bye-bye. Dave, why do you think all these people want to make cocktails at their own wedding? Well, because it you paint... It's, it's very frustrating. We get a to lot pay, of calls about it. It's very frustrating to pay someone a lot of money to do a bad job at something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very frustrating to pay someone to do your plumbing and have them do a bad job. It's very frustrating to go to a... This is why if you're a cook, like restaurants can piss you off sometimes because it's very frustrating to go to a restaurant and pay someone for food and have them do a bad job. 
Bobby Murphy is here. Uh, beverage director from... Uh, beverage director, right? Beverage director? Beverage director, yeah. Beverage director from uh, Existing Conditions, formerly of uh, Next Restaurant in Chicago. So you may also call in any of your Chicago... Uh, also from <laughs> Iowa, uh, your Iowa-related, your Grant Aikens-related questions, your Tales of the Cocktail Cap program running uh, questions, or your cocktail questions, your beverage directing questions, and your non-alcoholic uh, beverage questions to uh, Bobby Murphy here. Speaking uh, of which, we've got a question from Positive MD. All right, what do you got? Uh, Positive MD is coming to New York, and he wants to know your suggestions for interesting bars, restaurants. Uh, he is already planning on going to existing conditions. Well, you've made the right choice there. Yeah, that's the first choice right there. Yeah, you probably don't need to go anywhere else. All right, so uh, I would say I don't really – Nastasi and I don't talk about it, but like three years ago I would say that no one knows better where to eat in New York than Nastasia Lopez, but – I don't think she goes out as much as she did two or three years ago. That's I think that's not true. What? All right. So why, okay, why would, I'm going to divide this into, into portions. Why would I'm going to have Nastasia. Why would that have changed? What? Why would that have changed? Well, because you know you're a misanthrope. You used to used to be forced to go out. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Apparently, I've been corrected. Nastasia Lopez is going out. <laughs> all freaking cylinders firing as much as she ever did. As much as she ever did. So, all right, Bobby and Nastasia. Go, Bobby. Where, yeah, where should Positive MD go? Um, as far as bars? Yeah, let's, bars let's, start, let's start with bars. Um, I mean, you, you kind of have to, like, knock off all the classics. You know, Moria Margo, Death & Co., uh, of course, Existing Conditions. Um, uh, first Ms. of all, Moria Margo, Death & Co., East Village. Just, just do, like, an East Village bunch. Then uh, we can do, like... Yeah, Mr. Paradise. Uh, throw it to the our friends and family, Mace. Uh, the cabinet, which is a nice new mezcal bar, and I always tell people too, like when you come to New York. Um, wait, wait, literally, this is what everyone does. He just pushed out all of the Cocktail Kingdom Greg Bohm related bars at you that are on the East Village, and then we get over to our side of the of the yeah. city. He's gonna push out Katana Kitten, our sister bar. Just wait, just wait, just oh wait. My God. Katana Kitten. Uh, Which, by the way, we're up for Katana Kitten. The two of us are. There's four bars up for best new bar. We're one of them. Katana Kitten's also there. So, like, kind of, no matter what happens. It's going to be an awkward family picture. <laughs> uh, no, what I would just say to anybody that comes to New York, don't borough hop and like pick a neighborhood. Because if you're in the East Village, you could go to 10 bars. and Yo, 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 yo Bobby. I want people hours. to village hop from the East Village to the West Village because we're in the West Village. Well, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I you know, come from East Village bar culture. So like, I kind of want people to hop from the East Village to the West Village. <laughs> it's not that far, people. Speaking of hopping, uh, Johnny Gagel is asking, where's the best place to grab a bagel in New York? Oh, Jesus. You can't ask that question because I don't know you well enough. For, but let's do restaurants. Okay, look. You have to make a choice in life over what style of bagel do you want. Do you want a puffier, doughier bagel of the Essa slash Absolute family? Do you want a, like, a tall bagel, I think? I can't remember what tall bagel does. Do you want more of, like... Uh, you know, a smaller bagel, like the old oh, Union-style bagels. Oh, jeez. He wants to open a bagel shop in the UK, mm. and uh, he says the bagels suck. Yes, of course. Figured New York is the best. Yes. How, how does he do that? The I, water's different. Uh, no, it's not that. It's just people don't... Look, people don't... People make bad bagels. New York water is not interesting. Let me just tell you that. People who come here, except for Saratoga, New York water is not interesting. It's, it's relatively low in dissolved solids, 
ain't nothing special about our water. You know what it is? We have a we have a large food culture and we have a large Jewish culture here, and that's why we rule at bagels. Now those Montreal people, some people like those bagels. I have not been to Montreal in many decades. I've never eaten at any one of their fancy bagel stores. I like the bagel store Montreal style bagels that are here, but. Could they add salt to them, which they don't in Montreal? Anyone that doesn't add bread to salt is a bad person. I'm looking at you, Tuscany. Terrible people. And uh, so I don't know. What do you think about those? I think uh, Ore Washers is like the only one that has a dog in the fight, like of all the Montreal bagels I've had. Black Seed's pretty good, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what do you think about New York? What's your favorite New York-style bagel? Well, I mean, that's a tough question, too, because you got to think, like, are you just going for the bagel or are you going for toppings? And fixings. No, 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 bagel. No, 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 bagel. Bagel. Oh, anyone who knows anything should get their fish one place, their bagels another place. Pure bagels, absolute for sure. I love absolute. Absolute's Essa style, so absolute comes from Essa. It's a little, you know, different. Um, I like even in that neighborhood, like neighborhood by neighborhood. So Columbia University area used to have. I I haven't been there again in like decades, but used to have three top tier bagel places. There was. Absolute. There was Columbia, which was also good, which was a, a denser, thinner style of bagel and not that big doughy thing that kind of Absolute pushes out. Um, the kind of classic fight, like in the 70s, the classic fight was H&H versus Essa. You know what I mean? Like Essa-style bagels and H&H. But even, even down where Essa is in the, in the like low 20s, right? It, like even down there, there's Tall Bagel, which Dax is Dax's favorite. Like these bagel things tend to accumulate... Uh, Kosar's bagel, Kosar's Bialis, which made excellent Bialis, used to have uh, kind of their own kind of different kind of bagel. They changed hands. Their recipes changed a little bit. Um, but anyway, the reason that the reason that it, the bagels are good here is because there's a lot of bagel competition and a lot of connoisseurship of of the bagel. Who's Barney Greengrass Bagel? What do they serve? I believe they're H and H. So um, it's like Zabar's. A lot of the old school Upper yeah. West Side people are uh, are H H and H customers. Which, is H&H the same as it used to be decades ago? I know they went bankrupt once. Uh, there was one right over by my house in the Upper West Side, and it was, it was pretty good, but I'd prefer Absolute all the time. And I always tell people, like, you, you moved to New York, and you, like, don't have very much money, and so pizza's, like, the first thing, and then bagels are, like, the easiest thing. And it was, like, a real hard problem for me for, like, the first six months not to go to Barney Greengrass and order a $22 sturgeon bagel every yeah. day for breakfast. Yeah. Well, it's like a drug problem. When you go outside, so you're UK, but even when you leave New York and you go out, you look at, and basically, they're just bagel-shaped breads. You know what I mean? They're just, they're garbage. They're, they're, they're just not made right. You know what I mean? They're just, they, like, the recipes are online, people. I've made them. Nastasi and I may or may not do a bagel thing when we do our videos because we bought a 19, like, 90 like bagel maker which is fundamentally just a little boiling kettle for bagels but you can make a decent bagel uh, i think the reason people don't make good ones is because they don't have people that care or will buy a good bagel maybe people don't even like a good bagel i don't know uh i just always feel like people don't spend enough initial time on like their dough recipe like that's like number one and then proofing whatever it may be like they just don't keep consistency like you need the malt you need to boil you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff yeah. you need to do uh but anyway it's not rocket science. It's bagel science. All right, so back on, uh, on well, what about restaurants now? Hold on a moment. We've got a question from Elvin. What's up? Elvin wants to know, he, he says it's a terrible question, but what's another place in the world that I can get a decent Booker and Dax existing conditions slash liquid intelligence style gin and tonic? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Bobby? No, I don't know. 
I'm sure there are places. Yeah. But like, uh, not that many people do recarb on. Um, not there's not that many people doing recarb on that kind of drink. Uh, right. Yeah. What's uh? Or if they're recarbing it, they're bottling. How do, it, which means how do you pronounce bar- Stephen Hope's uh, bar in Puerto Rico? Penultima, La Penultima. I haven't been. They do it there. I know that. I mean, I've heard a lot great things about La Penultima. I love Stephen and those guys down there, but I, I've just never been. But that's like the only people I've ever heard of like redoing like gin and juice or the actual gin and tonic. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to go. Next, Me too. If I ever make it to Puerto Rico, I'm anxious to go. Let's go next week. Uh, yeah, next week. Yeah. My Nastasia and our summer is full. Yeah. Full. Full. This episode is brought to you by you. As an independent, member-supported nonprofit, the amazing content you hear on Heritage Radio Network is made possible thanks to our generous community of members and partners. For 10 years, HRN has been a defining voice in America's food movement, and we never would have made it this far without you. Join us in celebrating an amazing decade of food radio and support our summer fun drive by becoming a member of HRN. You can choose from our member gifts and will receive exclusive discounts on HRN events. We truly believe that with your help, we can change the world and our food system one bite or sound bite at a time. But there's no food radio without you. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate before July 31st to do your part to ensure a bright future for your favorite food podcasts. All right, so, uh, but we have restaurants now. We're at- I, I don't, I haven't been anywhere good. What? <laughs> we recycle out every day? Yeah, but that doesn't mean I've been anywhere good lately. All right, Bobby, what about the, what about like, uh, like all of, all the, all the, you're not a kid, but you know what I mean? All of like the crew is going out to places like Boone's. What are the places like that? Like Uncle Boone's and all that. What are the places people are going now? Well, Boone's will never get old. If I had the money to eat at Boone's every day, I would eat at Boone's every day. So when you um, say go there, that's something you would, if you were coming to Yeah, like I, whenever my family comes to town or anybody that's like visiting, I'd take them there like immediately. And mostly like unanimously, they love it. Um, I don't know, for me, like, I haven't really done a bunch of like, uh, I would say like upper tier restaurants here. I, I did before when I didn't live here, but I'm just always trying to like source out like ethnic food right now. Hey, hey, see if you, Bobby, see if you can figure out who I am. I eat all the time. What are you talking? I can't think of any restaurants. No, no, no. I'm saying saying I haven't been anywhere where I'm like, damn, that was good. Also, it's about the experience, like who you go with, too. Were you you just quoting NWA? No. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That was the end. She was just quoting the end of Straight Outta Compton. (laughs) Damn, that shit was stuff. That and that. Eaten a lot of Chinese food in my life, and then when I moved to New York and found Szechuan food, very hard for me not to just want to eat Szechuan food all the time here. Uh, well, all right. Anyway, check this out, people. This is not this, but I have a new, I have a new cheap. You know how everyone in New York, people in New York, everyone's got like okay, Popeyes is delicious, right? But like most neighborhoods, there's a there's a a cheap fried chicken or a different like in, semi-independent fried chicken joint. Yep. I found my local one. Ready yeah. for it? Kung Fu Chicken. Hmm. Oh, you're telling me about it with Kung the squid Fu Chicken, too, right? They, so, like, yeah, they have a bombing giant squid, which I actually I think is a cuttlefish. It's that big flat one. It's yep. got that chew to it. They fry the whole thing and then they hack it up and, and serve it to you. It is on point. They're like their poppers are on point. They put some sort of like MSG in the in their coating. It's good. Yeah. On point. Highly recommend. Even the kids like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any locals. Kung Fu Chicken. 
I just moved that too. Yeah. All right. So apparently, even though Nastasia Lopez goes out constantly, <laughs> she has not one recommendation for you. Not I'll, I'll think. I'll think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Check this out. Uh, I don't have the name of uh, I don't have the the name of this person, but hey. Dave and Nastasia, I'm all caught up with the backlog and decided to listen from episode one again. This Oof. is likely ill-advised for a rational person, but I've never claimed to be said person. Listen, I'm going to give you the same advice I give uh, Dax. So Dax rewatches Bob's Burgers and Parks and Rec like on a, like 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 constantly. He's like, I to play more Bob's Burgers. Watch something new. Dave, it says right there, Serena. Oh, Serena, Serena, watch something. Listen to something new. I can't stand listening to myself the first time around. You know, Nastasi and I constantly want to murder each other. <laughs> True or false? Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Have we told the story about the about the when banana grams? No. <laughs> talk about it. We've never talked about the banana grams. No. No. Let me finish this question. Dave and I are really good at banana grams. Uh, we are actually okay at banana grams, but who's the who's the king of banana grams? Robert? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Showed up at the bar. What's Robert's last name again? Sexy. Yeah. What? Sexy. Sexy. So he, like, interesting story, which I'm we not going to play it for six hours. I'm not I was going to say, you, that, that was the least I've ever heard you talk. In I know. Six hours, yeah. I know. And, but he was dominating. I mean, I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Once. But he also beat me. But he was so dominant that Bobby went over into the, into the existing conditions archive and pulled out a banana costume. Oh, yeah. And he wore, yeah. for half of our service on the birthday of the bar, he wore a banana costume <laughs> and was playing Bananagrams. All right, so I'll talk about this before I do the, the question. So, he, we're, we're sitting there, Karen Stanley, who is the new manager at Booker and Dax. Congratulations to us for having Karen Existing Stanley. Conditions. What? Existing. What'd I say? Wow, Dave, Booker and Dax. Oh, look at that. It's existing conditions. Jeez. Sorry, man. It's never gonna getting sink old, in. Getting old and losing it. So, Nastasia's like, oh, wow, you lost sorry, it. Lost. Uh, so we're st- sitting there, and we're playing, and Nastasia, as you might know, like, uh, let's just say that she only cares about her own envelopes. It's not true. So, she, we're, we ha- we're all, Bananagrams, by the way, is like, is like a floating board Scrabble, where you have to rearrange and keep putting new letters in, and you're trying to form a Scrabble-like board, but it's about constant rearrangement. And if you're playing with Nastasia, don't you dare use two-letter word QI ever. She hates it. I just don't like easy. Like, why, why play it if you're going to make it easy? Like, it should be hard. Uh, okay. It should be hard, and you should think. So when you play with Nastasia, everyone else in the world plays Scrabble rules in terms of, like, legitimate words, except for when you play Nastasia Lopez. Yeah. She flipped a table on somebody <laughs> once. She flipped a table. The first time she played with said person, who I'm not going to talk about, he used QI, and she's like, well, if you really want to win that way, and he's like, I do. And then, like... But then he kept grabbing letters and putting them on the floor, thinking I couldn't see them. Like, that is wrong. So she flipped That's the table. That's why I flipped the table. She flipped the table. Yeah. No. yeah. Okay. So what you should know is, is that you don't mess around with Nastasi Lopez when you're playing the game, because she will shoot you like a, like, like a card player in the Old West. Anyway, uh, so we're at the table, at the bar, we're playing Bananagrams, and she reaches for a letter and punches the water glass all over my board. Which time? What did I say? She punches the water glass, water everywhere, all over me, all over the letters. And then Karen Stanley, of course, immediately starts helping me clean up. And Nastasia, what does Nastasia do? Because remember, it's about who can fastest create a board. Keeps playing! She keeps playing! She's still playing! 
So like, I'm like, Stasi, what the hell are you doing? Why are you playing? Help me clean up this mess that you made. So then she pulls over a towel, doesn't just start dabbing the water, like, 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 like washing machine mixes my board up <laughs> with the towel while being very careful not to mess with her letters. So I'm like, BAM! And I just like smack her letters into like- Across it, the room. It was not across yes, the room. It was, it was not it across hit, the room. hit that little wall. So there. anyway, so we're like, <laughs> <sighs> like, like severe, like, you know, you know, pent up, like, like we're both like vibrating. Yeah. Karen is horrified. She's like about to go into a panic attack. She's sitting next to her. She's like, I don't know if I want to play with you guys anymore. She doesn't talk like that. Anyway, so we finally get ready to play again. We start playing. And like literally 45 seconds later, Nastasia Lopez, because Jack Schramm was the bartender, puts the glass, refills Nastasia's water glass, puts it exactly where it was the, set, the first time around. She punches the glass again, right into my lap, all over my letters, and I do this. <laughs> he stands up and like, I thought he was gonna punch me. No. I thought, yeah, no, Dave, I thought you were gonna Nastasia punch me. Lopez makes I up this, Nastasia Lopez makes this up that I'm gonna punch her because she wants me to seem like a violent person, but it is true that I jumped up, had my arms in the air, then I and jumped just stared up and said nothing for about I 30 seconds. And I jumped up and said, don't get angry, I'm going to pee. And then I ran off. No, that's not what you said. Yes, you just said, I'm going to pee. And then you ran. <laughs> she, looked like my, she looked like my dog Watson with like his ears pinned back and like looking up. And like I was just, I, I hadn't said or moved at all. <laughs> I was just so in the angry. air with my arms in the air, you my so eyes angry. super and wide open. And that's when Karen tapped out for the rest of the night. Yeah, Karen, <laughs> yeah. Karen's never going to play Bananagrams again. That's a very classic camera move right there, though. <laughs> Two words. Ow. <laughs> I gotta pee. Goodbye. All right. Uh, okay. So this is likely ill-advised for a rational person, but I never claim to be rational. With that said, I've listened to a few episodes about the AeroPress. Did you ever try it? Yes, I have tried the AeroPress. Hmm? Uh, for a while, that was my... Nowadays, you can get, like... So, okay, listen, listen, listen. When I go have coffee, there, there, there's coffee for enjoyment... And there's coffee to get your motor running so you can head out on the highway. When I'm traveling, my assumption is, unless I'm traveling to a place that's known for coffee, that the coffee that I have will be bad. And I'm just, I need the coffee, A, for to wake up, and B, for, you know, my good friend Peristalsis. Peristalsis is one of my favorite buddies to have with me when I go traveling. Because traveling can really clog up the old tubes, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying, Stas? Doesn't traveling wreak havoc with your body? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Except when we were in California, it was all good. Well, you're from California. No, And you all was of eating us. plenty of roughage and prunes and whatnot. No, no, that's all the, of us. That's the good food. We're like regular. All of us. You and right. Douglas. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I don't. You didn't check in with us. Right? I, no, I don't check in with Pete. I don't like to check in with my, oh, speaking of which, we're not doing it this week for Classics in the Field, but Alexandra Kira's The Bathroom is the classic study on bathroom technology and, uh, urination and defecation technology from the late 60s, I think. If one of you wants to hear that as a classic in the field, just tweet me over on uh, Alexander Kira's The Bathroom, and maybe we'll do that for a later episode. It's, it's, it's an intense book. Bidet technology? Uh, no, not just bidets. All bathrooms. Like, in other words, like from like how your culture influences like how bathrooms are made. Like For instance, one of the reasons that, <clears throat> that in the U.S., 
all Western cultures really can't use like full squat toilets, like the hole in the ground toilets, is because they require you to completely remove your pants yeah. to use them. So if you come from a culture where everyone is wearing something that can be hiked up around your uh, waist, then it's reasonable to use the, that kind of a, a system. But that's why we can't do it, even though they're even though they're horrible on on your butt parts. Right? You know, sit down toilets are horrible on your butt parts. Anyway, so all of this and more, including the the, the physics of urine streams, is in this book. If someone wants me to do it uh, eventually, because I think you know we didn't do a good job at, at the bar because we didn't have the money, and it's about existing conditions. Someday, I hope to be able to design a bathroom from scratch, and it will be glorious. <laughs> bathroom technology is so crappy. First of all, as an American, I'm ashamed as an American that our bathroom technology is so garbage compared to Japan. So garbage oh, compared to yeah. Japan. But even so, like, like a properly... Now, when I was younger, I feel like I'm going to go into it, even though I don't have the no, book Dave, with me. No, so Dave, you don't When I was time. younger, I wanted to fully, like, like lead insulate my bathroom so that no noise can make it in or out. So that, like, the, 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 the people screaming at you, whatever, couldn't come in. There was no sort of in or out. The bathroom was a private, holy meditation zone, Right. Uh, and you didn't have to worry about making your own private noises while you were I in know, there. I know a billionaire who did that to all his bathrooms. Well, here's the problem. As I get older, or as I had kids, I'm like, well, what if there's an emergency? You know what I mean? What if there's an emergency? That's my, uh, that's my biggest fear in life, is getting murdered in the shower. And people are like, why? And it's like, it's not just like a movie thing, but when I'm in the bathroom, no thoughts. Just complete peace at whatever I'm doing. So, so I could sneak up behind you. You, just, you don't I'm, think I'm, in the shower? No. What? No, not for at least the first 15 minutes. You blank? The water just hits me and it's just... It's... Dude, my grandpa, like, my grandpa, you know the mean one? Yep. My, he, uh, he didn't believe that showers, he didn't understand the restorative properties of showers. So he once, when I was in the shower, was like, that's enough water. And he reached in and turned off while I was in the shower. Oh, my dad was big the on the power shower, the five-minute shower. It would turn off after 10. But as someone who uses their brain to think, I can't think without a also, long shower. Also, Dave's never naked, ever, in his Well, life. in the shower I am. You said you, your washcloth. I was, I was being moving. a little bit jokey. I am naked in the shower, but I do have the washcloth, and it's moving all the time. <laughs> so, technically, you're not. So, anyway. Uh... So yes, I have tried the AeroPress. I used to carry it with me and the grinder, but now because I've just accepted that I'm not going to have great coffee, and since everyone has at least some form of espresso somewhere, like what I'll do is I'll research where the local shop is. I will get up extra early before I have to meet people down. Enough time that I can go down. I always order it. Give me a quad. They're like, a what? Give me four espresso shots in one cup. And then I drink it on the way back to the hotel room. Then I do my, you know, daily routine and get it going. So that's what I do. I no longer carry coffee uh, products with me, although for camping it might be. You have to start Classics in the Field now. Because Give me a second. Five minutes. Give me a second. So More importantly, on. have you tried the Mini Presso or Nano Presso from Wakako? My coworker, I don't know how you pronounce that. Wakako? Wakako? Uh, my coworker has one, and it's pretty nifty for traveling, especially in countries where the coffee is hot garbage, which is hot garbage is my next band. It's only garbage cover tunes, yeah. which is a great. I love garbage. The band? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at work, I'd rather lug my butt to the fourth floor to go to our legit espresso machine. Also, do you think there are other useful things that can be made with this thing? Thanks in advance, Serena. I haven't used one. I was going to get one. They're only like 30 bucks. I should get one, but I'm on like a, uh, my house is full. And so like I'm on a not acquiring things kind of thing. You're, you're in a giving away phase, right? Yeah. We gave away so much stuff and threw away so much stuff. 
Uh, I threw, we, including Nastasia, and I threw away the original, the original Spinzol. I nope, saw that. Somebody picked it up. Uh, no, nobody picked that up. But people did pick up like any other piece of garbage I put down. Yeah. Hey, we've got George on the line. Put him through. Yeah, George, what do you got? George, what's up? George. By the way, Hello. George. Hello. Hello. What's up? What up? Um, I need to know if there's reusable um, sous vide bags. Uh, there are. I have not used them. They're silicone bags. But you know how, like, I said on the show many times that all of us have, like, kind of mental things? And, like, used bags gross me because they... they here's the thing. Like, let's say you had a reusable bag. It's a great idea. It's silicone bags, and they're, they're out there. Silicone bags are out there. Reusable silicone sous vide bags are out there. Uh, if you had some sort of a rack that you could open it and dry it fully open and actually a rack that you could put into your dishwasher so that it could wash on the inside of the bag effectively, then it could be pulled out. Like, you ever seen those baseball hat drying things? Yeah, or the boots. Yeah, 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 or or the boot drying thing. If you had one of those, then I would say, let's do it. In fact, why don't we look into it? And then then I would be like, yeah, use it over and over and over again because why wouldn't you use it over and over and over again? It's very easy, by the way, to seal inside of... So for those of you that don't want to look like you're using a vacuum bag, I don't know, let's say... You don't want to use look like you're using a vacuum bag. I don't. It's a, like a hack. You can get a Ziploc bag, freezer Ziploc bag, seal it, put your put your product in, seal it, then cut off uh, the corner on the bottom side of the bag, put that over the seal bar, and run a Ziploc through, and then you can have a, a vacuum sealed Ziploc bag. I'm not saying that I do that and pretend that it's not a vacuum bag. I'm saying you may do that. Um, but uh, so it would be trivial. To figure out a way to um, be hard to get, so I'm trying to think of like using one of these bags in an actual commercial machine that uses a heat sealer, because one-way valves have a certain have certain limitations in terms of like how hard of a vacuum they can suck because of the pressure differential you need to go across them. But you know, when you're actually sucking water vapor off and it's pumping water vapor out, it might work. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that if you could wash it effectively, it'd be a good idea. I do know they exist, but I haven't experimented. With I worry them. about the bag juice. That's my next band. Bag juice. After hot garbage, like the other band is is bag juice. We we always talked about it for years, and I I don't know if reusable is there yet, but I wish there was compostable. That's kind of the compostable. I've looked into it. Like for instance, there's sealable PLAs and and things like that that are. But the the the, the most bioplastics that are completely compostable or degradable. The problem with them is is. They need to be fabricated. And we're out of time. They're they're all, they're they're fabricated in a way that makes them hard to store for a long time and then use. They have to be used relatively quickly and then put out. All right, so apparently I'm not being, I'm being told that I can't do classics in the field, even though I have Ruth M. Griswold's uh, The Experimental Study of Foods, which is an underappreciated and still free-to-buy classic in the field. I was going to talk about home economics, Next about experimentation. Time. Well, maybe we do one episode that's just mostly classic. Or maybe we get here on time. Dan Price wrote about, you know, wrote in about uh, genetically modified chestnut trees. I had someone on Cotija cheese. Had a lot of stuff. I was excited about the classics in the field. Like, I have all the post-its. Dave, told like just do a it. bunch the biggest next post-its week. Ever seen. Do it next week. What? Those are the biggest post-its I've ever seen. They're the only post-its I could find. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
at the house because every time that I come to do the show, I bring a whole pack of Post-its with me and then lose it. Mm-hmm. All right, so get ready for Ruth M. Griswold, uh, the experimental study of food next time, Classics in the Field, on Cooking Issues. Cooking Issues is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com heritage. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.